All right, before we get started, just want to let you guys know this is not a podcast for your grandma. Unless your grandma like to talk shit like we do. <laughs> Let's go. Yo, first and foremost, you know what it is. A middle finger to what it ain't. It's your boy Rashim, And of course, my guy TZ. Welcome to another episode behind the muse. Season two. Season two. Bro, season deuce, two. Deuce. Talk to deuce, deuce. Well, that's just one, just one deuce, just one deuce. Deuce, deuce would be like 20 seconds. I'm saying deuce twice, not necessarily like 20 second season. That's what you thought we was on. That's crazy, man. Hey, but that's how far we going, though. That's, that that's is how far we going. That's, that's facts. Yeah. That's facts. Yo, before we get too in depth with this, man, I just want to make sure you guys look at the bottom, man. Press like, subscribe, and hit that bell to get notifications of all the fire content we are coming to you because you know we're coming with that flames. Really coming hard, bro. Did they see, did they not see the promo trailer? No, like, they did not see the promo trailer. What, bro? bro come Jesus on, man. Christ, bro. You got to see the promo trailer. Teach me, bro. to tell these niggas. What exactly we talking about today, man? Let them know. Let them know. Man, we got the very first premiere fucking interview. Exclusive, if I may say Exclusive. so. Exclusive. Season two. But yes. none other than one of the prominent Little Rock artists, bro. I can't oh, wait to get into it, bro. 100%, bro. This, this is going to be flames. I'm excited because I'm a big fan, so this is going to be dope. Uh, without further ado, bro, we not even going to hold y'all up. Without further ado, let's get to it. Please excuse my disposition, because I've been flying solo, riding out here on a mission. Can't feel my face when I'm here basing through your subdivision. That's multiplicity. Look within your clique and you can't pick a nigga sick as me. Officially, I'm overdue to write a masterpiece. QG, when you dropping something new, that's what they asking me. Told y'all back on price shit that I'm back with it. Actually, I'm more like me to form a revolution than you whack rappers and casualties. Money is cool, but my life is more Yo, if you haven't heard of this man yet, bro, you are in for a treat. And technically, you are asleep, deep slumbered. Yo, this man is one of the coldest prolific prophets I've heard out of Little Rock and abroad. Deadass. Wordplay, alliteration, subject matter. Oh, cold. Yo, introduce him, man. This man, can we can we call him Government Quentin? Can we call him <laughs> a, AKA King Kong? Can we say doggone the hyperbole? AKA stay ready. <laughs> the black hyperbole. You know what I'm saying? Introduce him to y'all. Yes. This man. <laughs> QG the Black Knight. QG the Black Knight. Uh, the stage is yours, sir. What's going on? What's good, family? You know, my name is QG the Black Knight. I am a disciple of the art coming straight out of Arkansas, whichever yeah. area code you prefer. So, yes, uh, you know sir. Uh, yes, sir. And the art is uh, like a promising, like I've heard of a, a bro, few people in the art. It's, it's a group in Arkansas, correct? Yeah, yeah. So we're like a conglomerate of like a lot of different people, artists, producers, singers, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, we uh, we working right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that man. That's lit, man. Yeah. Definitely cool. we, we definitely went to school with uh, Prince the Poet. Uh, so we, we knew that guy from way back when. So we definitely listened yeah, to him yeah, a few sure. times. But yeah, man, y'all, y'all doing y'all thing, Price bro. Price crazy. Yeah, yeah. Price, so is, price is price is up in uh in Iowa right now doing doing dumb stuff. So oh shit, what are you Shout doing? He, price, he, moved, he moved to Iowa or something. Yeah, like yeah. He, he's he's living in Iowa right now. So yeah, wow. So if y'all ever find out, in bro. the Midwest area, yeah, I'm in the Midwest, man. I'm gonna have to pull up for a music video or something, man. Hey, <laughs> this man hey. gonna be like a random person in the back, <laughs> bro. Hey, <laughs> the muse. muse. You gonna have this the type of dude to do it too. Hey. I'm the type of dude be like, oh yeah, bro, let's do it. Let's just get it out. Let's I go. Believe it. <laughs> I believe it, bro. I believe That's crazy. It. 
But yeah, without a further ado, man, we do this with each interview. Yes, sir. We got to do this. We got to give it, it to you. Who is your top five rappers, MCs, whatever you want to call them, poets yeah. of all time? Top five. Who you got? Of all time. Yes, sir. Mm. That's going to be a hard one, bro. Because like, there's so many different ways you could put that, of course. I can tell you the top five that influenced me, though. Like the way that hey, I Hey, it's think. all you, man. Yeah, it's, it's all, all you. So, you want to do it. So, Jay-Z, we're going to go with uh, Lil Wayne, okay. Drake. Wow. Uh, Wale. Okay, Wale got his props. Yeah, yeah, bro. And that's why, because Wale never gets his credit. Wale. And Kanye West. Okay. Okay. That's a solid list, bro. Yeah, I I saw that last one. You know what I'm saying? I really, really uh, like that list. That was a good list. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I I just want to be. You don't miss a Kanye? Okay. (laughs) It's Kanye before Jesus. Uh, okay, okay, okay. But he he is one of the most well, influential artists ever, though. Like it's that's no exactly, him, you know, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Even for from sure. a production standpoint, all the way up to his like you know his lyrical ability. Yeah, that's yeah, he's one of the coldest producers, you know, ever. That, oh, of all know, time, like, of all time, yeah, top five, yeah, for sure. Top for that. I do, I do want to say though. Uh, so, would you feel like Jay Z is like your your number one? Because I mean, your album's yeah. name the Black Print. I can only assume, yeah. you know, I can't, <laughs> that was inspired by the blueprint. Right. Yeah. Well, it's actually more inspired. My That project's probably more inspired by the blueprint, too, because that's uh-huh. the the that's the that's album that made me fall in love with hip hop. So. Oh, we always oh, wow. got one of those. That's really dope. So we're we getting, getting a trillogy, basically. Let, let's hope, you know. Exclusive, <laughs> man. That's what that's Yo, what we're doing that, it for. We're getting an exclusive for, bro. That's hey, facts. I mean, we 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 are not planning anything where it's just gonna be like too clean cut, like boom, boom, boom. But it may be the same way Jay did it, where I like drop something and then like you know, two or three years from now, yeah, two or three years from now, you might get the black print too. Who knows? Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, that's that's that. dope, bro. I just I just think like when you come to your black print four though. You got you can't do the black print four. You gotta come up with black print three, and then you gotta name your child Black Ivy. You know what I'm saying? You gotta do Black Ivy. <laughs> black I like Jay-Z. I don't know if you heard that. Black, so look, look, look. So, black Rose. I, give you black Rose. I just that, caught that. Yeah, Blue oh. Ivy, Jay-Z. Yeah. That was his that was his fourth, you know, combination. So Probably, probably. I'm pretty sure that's in there. Pretty sure it's definitely in there. Ignore me, bro. I'm pretty sure that's definitely in there. Wouldn't it be crazy though? Would that be crazy, boy? We appreciate the hey, double man. entendre, though, Jay Z. He's the, he's like the king yeah. of the double, triple entendre shit, bro. Like, oh yeah, crazy, bro. oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Hey man, so so a couple months ago, uh, I can't remember exactly when this was, but uh, we sat down. We had the pleasure to uh, be kind of like in the mix of the verses that you did with uh, K-Ray. And uh, we yeah, found- I ended up kind of like hosting that for some reason. Yeah, we, we found ourselves like <laughs> hosting slash judging, something like that, you know what I'm saying? But we do want to ask though, who you feel like really want? Oh, uh, man. Uh, <laughs> Put you on the spot. No, out of that one, man, it honestly, that one could have went to a draw because, and honestly, it's just because it could have went to draw, and I say that just because K. Ray he didn't pick the one song that I would have picked if I was him. I remember to you bust were saying because he, he, yeah. he didn't bust out Flux Capacitor, uh, Flux Capacitor, and I'm like, bro, right. that's like one of the coldest. Like, 
Yeah. Bro, I love I love story writing. And I'm like, bro, you just like let the pen go on that one. Yeah, it was back nice. to the future references to the T. Like, bro, it, it was I definitely lit. It. It yeah, that's dope, you know. Yeah, for sure. we, we interviewed him too. Yeah, shout out K-Ray, yeah. man. Make sure y'all check out that interview. But uh, both both are great artists. We did find ourselves judging that. And at a certain point, we did say, this is a draw. It was just yeah, like, that's man, the man, like, the last track. I was just like, this ah, man, good. you know what I'm saying? Keep going, see, see what happened. But, uh, see, when me, for me, when I was watching, when you knocked out that imagination, to me, that was bro, the most clear cut win out of all the rounds. To me, like really that was, was like, and we that was, that. you couldn't argue for the other side. And we fuck with K-Ray that. just as heavy. But that was yeah. like, I remember telling Rashid, like, nigga, like, who could not say that he won that round with Imagination? Bro, like, that was the smoothest <laughs> round. Went. And, bro, please go yeah. listen to Imagination, because this man sampled Alina Barraz and then The Temptations all in the doggone song? What are you talking about? It was about? too fucking smooth. Like, how, how yeah. bro? Who's your producer, bro? That that was insane. Bro, <laughs> shout out my guy, Doc's Anatomy, man. You can find him anywhere. Just, like, go look up any of his stuff, and, bro, you'll, you'll hear it. My guy goes dumb, so... Definitely goes him down. and uh, yeah, he did, he him and uh, my boy, my boy, uh, soliloquy vibes on my project. So only two yeah. producers did on my stuff. Yeah, bro, definitely went down. That song is one of uh, one of many of my favorites on that on that project for sure. And you got so many. I tried to pump yeah, the man. numbers up. I tried to pump the numbers up for that one on uh, on Valentine's Day. I was like, "Hey, here, go make a baby <laughs> to this one." You know? <laughs> the vibes yeah. is definitely there, bro. The oh, vibes yeah, is fucking there. It you was in out, your bag, bro. It came out the gate like you looking for my pussy. I like the, the, the lady voice, the lady voice. You know my pussy Set over the here. Tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening like okay, cool. I forget what track was right before that, but like I hear that, I'm like okay, what we gonna get into? You know, right. ears up, like what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But as you man. can tell, y'all, this is one of my favorite tracks off the album. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, so. Yeah, never hesitated. Turn scholar, got all these trap niggas sounding educated. Little slave boy turned into a grown man that was liberated. Kunta Kente graduated. Someone get the man a dinner plate. Tell the U.S. Treasury I want all mine when they reparate. 40 acres and a Cadillac. Big house just to meditate. Can't heal my broken soul with all this token wealth. Don't know how I should feel. Man, you talk you talk about quite a bit on this project. So um here's a couple music out there, but black the black print was full of like heavy references, cars, the lyrics, the content was good, man. And I remember reviewing it and putting it up on the Behind the Muse story a while ago. Like, yo, when I first heard it, I was like driving home from like Arkansas. And then I'm like, yo, this nigga been sitting on some jams, bro. I'm like, what? <laughs> Where the fuck was I at, man? Like, so this yeah. shit is good, man. But, you know, one of the things that we wanted to touch on was something you mentioned on something else. You know, uh, you mentioned the idea of reparations. And we were curious, like, what does that actually look like to you? And do you see that as a possibility for us in our community? Yeah. Um. So I think with a lot of us for reparations, it, it definitely wouldn't be the whole 40 acres and a mule thing. You know, we mm-hmm. ain't finna all have that because, you know, farmland just isn't what it is now. I do right. think that for me personally, I feel like it would be so it would be entitled to some land as well as like some funding, you know, every either month or year. Because if you look at every other major ethnicity in America, 
they've received reparations of some point, like some kind. The, you know, Asian Americans, Mexican American, Native American, like even the Irish have reparations, bro. So I didn't know, know about the Irish. Bro, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. yeah, because they were treated bad when they came over as immigrants. But <laughs> so for, yeah. for us to be the the at one point the majority ethnicity in America. And in 2021, to still not have any form of reparations, do I think that we would possibly get some in some form? Yeah, maybe somewhere down the line. Do I see it happening in the next four years, five years? Probably not. But uh, like I said, for me mm. personally, just give me 40 acres and a Cadillac and I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> not the Cadillac. 40, 40 acres and a Cadillac, bro. Uh, so they, bro, they and have I, I'm, actually I'm serious been talking about, about that, bro. Like, I'm serious. You should What's actually up? give like, about the Cadillac? Like, a car. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. a car at some point, you know, because if you yeah. think about like some, I mean, that's the only equivalent to a mule. They're not finna give niggas real life mules out here. Like, the fuck, I'm gonna do with a mule. No, I see what you mean. That would be kind of. I don't need. I don't, I don't think, think people actually roll the mule public transport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it had to be something relevant to public transport. <laughs> was people riding mules yeah. though? Because yeah, what else was no? Nah, mule? yeah, yeah, mules was really used to carry like it was just like for pulling your whole yeah, you pulled your hoe or whatever, like your wagon or whatever. And yeah, man, like you gotta have something useful. And mm. I don't know. You got. You just gotta have something functional. I, I could use a new car. You know, would be I mean, I, I take a Mustang. I don't, I don't mule. You know, or like on cat. <laughs> Personally, you know, they finna, I get, they finna give you a mid-size sedan. You finna <laughs> be driving around in like a <laughs> Nissan Altima. It's got to be American made, though. Nah, man. So oh, actually, yeah. so in the in recent years, they have been talking about like uh, reparations. Like in the in the Biden uh, administration, they've been talking about. Reparations because it's been an ongoing thing, especially since mm-hmm. last year with with all the the rise in the George Floyd incident or murder. Let's call it what it is. Um, so it has been it has been bubbling up a little bit more, and uh, people have been discussing like maybe it's been discussed like maybe we should go back into uh, like you look up your heritage or you have any like slaves in your lineage. And you will be entitled to like a monthly stipend, if you will. Uh, so that that has been one talked point, about. One more time. One part I also thought about it, it. I feel like it should be like every every Black American is entitled to one free ancestry test. Mm. Yeah, that, that should be st- that should yeah, be first. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll jump. That should I'll definitely jump. be in the process. Whenever you turn, whenever you turn like thirteen, if you want to take it, you can get your ancestry test and know exactly where you come from. Yeah. That's yeah, dope. That's, that's dope. And I think on the topic of reparations, we can't talk about it because a lot of people, without talking about the history, because a lot of people just aren't really aware. You know, so like, for like a brief moment, let's just kind of go over what happened to any of our listeners who don't really know where the whole topic of reparations started. So Cute has already kind of mentioned it with the 40 acres and the mule. That really started this whole talk. That talk started in 1865. One of the union generals was basically like promised to black people after that whole situation was, hey, you get a 40 acres and a mule. And mm-hmm. basically that shit was shot down, literally, when Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm on a roll, man. Jay-Z better watch out with these untimes, man. But yeah, so, so Abraham Lincoln, his assassination when he was shot down, he the, the plans of the 40 acres and a mule were basically went away. The niggas yeah. who came after him was not for that shit. At all. And, so, Andrew Johnson was like, no. 
Fuck them. No, Fuck sir. Them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, ever since then, y'all, we've really been fighting for any type of economic restitution. So, we've had a little bit with the G.I. Joe bill, but there's even arguments in it that barely benefited us because a lot of black people were locked out of higher education. So, we, we've always yeah. had, like, second-hand support even when we got it and then we had the reconstruction period where we made our own gains they talk about build yourself up your own bootstraps we did we did and we met so much conflict towards that then we had issues like the 100 year anniversary or or we just had the 100 year anniversary of the Tulsa massacre so when we had communities that we built up and had wealth and black wealth in white people didn't fuck with that whether the government came for it or took it away or they racially massacred people to take it away any incident of black wealth up until this point has met some level of, you know, friction. So yeah. it started with 1865 with the 40 acres and the mule, but what, 200 years later, we discussing about the possibility. Now, y'all mentioned yeah. something about the Biden administration bringing back up this debate. I will say this. If it's going to happen, it's going to have to happen in these next three years because um, Republicans really aren't for the idea of reparations. So any yeah. in any Republican... Majority is not going to happen. So Biden is trash, but he got an opportunity to get some shit done. That's all I'm going to say. He better not sit on it. I mean, I definitely definitely won't. And I I won't go too much in this because I think both parties are ass. Mm -hmm. But uh, no no pun intended. But um, I do think that, yeah, Biden is making more steps to. Because Trump was in a position to do that as well. So I don't want to mm-hmm. just like, you know, crap on Trump. You got a point. Um, I mean, whoever has the majority has the power to do that, right. of course. But, you know. 100%. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. The Democrats got way more power than they've had in the last few years. It's not just about having the yeah. presidency. But yeah, so that was that was the main thing with the with the reparations. And, you know, would have been the 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa massacre, which is crazy. The survivors are still fighting for stuff. So. But that that song, um, that was an interesting thing that kind of spurred that question, um, and I thought that was really good content. Yeah, we know? definitely we definitely wanted to talk on that. And, and speaking of government, because we already on the top of the government, bro. <laughs> right. The the American Dream, <sighs> the, the excerpt American from like the nineteen seventy one Willy Wonka, like. Thank you, my guy. Yeah, bro, and yes. pretty pretty much Wonka is like pissed off because everybody made him mad, and it was just like. No, Charlie, you don't get the endless supply of chocolate. Like, no, you don't get that. Do you exactly. do you feel like QG that you you brought that in? Because the song right after is property, I believe. You yeah. do you feel like you brought that in to suggest like, okay, the government is, you know, promised us this, but it's taking it away, not really like trying to give us anything back that they promised us, you know, decoration independence, you know, all people are equal and things like that. Do you feel like the government has just been like promising us things and just taking it back constantly? Oh yeah, man. Even if you look back, even when you go back to like 1865 and you look at vagrancy laws and things like that in the U.S. where pretty much they made it legal to make you a slave if you didn't have a job. But Mm. because you were black, no one would hire you. Right. It's it's literally a paradox to just put black people back in the position of slavery. So that's like when I when I heard I mean, I love that the Willy Wonka movie, right? Even to the part where, like, at the beginning of the first track, you hear Wonka, and then I named the song "Imagination." Yeah, um, yeah. Nope. But like that one part in that movie, I'm like, man, you know what? Willy Wonka's a dick. Like, you could be <laughs> a little bit nicer. <laughs> I mean, oh, just think about that, bro. That, that's a that's a kid who's made one mistake. 
Like who's like her right. work, like been through the struggle his whole life and has had one opportunity to go ahead and try and make something different happen and made one mistake along the way. Yeah. And then you literally just tear his whole, dr- like all of his dreams and everything down in one instance for that one mistake. Bro, yeah. you an asshole for that. And literally, <laughs> if you look at like our country, if you look at our country, it's the same way. Like we say mm-hmm. that, oh, black people, y'all can make something out of yourselves. And yo, you have the opportunity to vote. We'll make it legal for you to vote. Then like a hundred mm-hmm. years after that, we're still going to keep you from voting until you can guess how many jelly beans are in this jar. What does that have to do with voting? <laughs> he on fire, man. Bro, that's stuff that they just keep Bars. putting you in this, this perpetual cycle right. of being in the struggle and being in the struggle. And that's telling point, you to you pull just... yourself up from your own bootstraps. That's the, my favorite exactly. fucking saying. <laughs> oh, bro. So the, the, the worst one, like the best line that I've ever heard in the song, used from a soundbite, is when Kendrick used uh, Geraldo on DNA. And he said, mm-hmm. this is why I say that hip hop music is done uh, oh. worse for the black community than any I was like, then I'm like, then racism, bro? Right. <laughs> then racism. Right. Then he was like, in his bag. Slavery. Bro. Wow. I was like, yeah, slavery, racism, like everything. I was right. like, man, just certain things like that that can just be used so pivotally. You know, right. like four hundred plus years. Uh, and you know what's crazy is cause uh he said that the reason why they do said that is because he was looking at like a performance. Kendrick did on stage, uh, I think it was either Black or the Berry at the Grammys or it was something to where it was like, when he, you know, because he was doing very politically charged, like, public um, performances. And, like, yeah. I just don't you can sit and be like, nah, you know what, nah, Kendrick, if Kendrick make you say that, have you heard fucking Chief Keeps? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's right. way it's out right. there, right. that's what you chose to exactly. make that point? Like, what? Boy. Yeah. That's that, because he because he's in that position in that spotlight. If he picks on Chief Keith, ain't nobody gonna care about that. True, right. pick on, Facts. He, and right. he and he can't pick on Drake because yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just true. It just I mean, facts it. are facts. We're not yeah, arguing facts, facts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Prepare to be the optimistic pessimist. The best is yet to come. The world is not enough. I know I ain't the only one. You're like my daydream in the nighttime and the right time to be with the one you love never came here. Princess and a jester, but the punchline of it all just never really became clear. My day one, a year two, hit up late night. What you doing, boo? And something about a spirit, she's the perfect expression of heaven's impetuous miracles. Gone, if loving you's right, I can't be wrong. Late nights crying all on your phone. About a man you don't even understand, but the standing is grand. Yeah. So that's you know, as far as the content, there was there was I appreciate the album so much because you touched on so many different things. And one of the other things that I, I appreciate uh, about you, your artistry and your content, you know, you mentioned in Stay Ready off the three piece EP, um, that you are degreed. You know, congrats to any of my guys out here degreed. Not saying that you I'm have sure. to have a degree in any aspect of your society, yeah, but I feel like you follow in the footsteps of people in industry like J. Cole. You know, do you feel like being degreed helps or hinder you in the music industry? A little bit of both. Because because I mentioned my degree, it it brings, you know, situations out where you're like, oh, you know, he has a degree. He's like, you know, people who've done this like J. Cole. But at the same time, it can possibly, you know, if you've never heard anything about me. And just know, like, oh, I went to college and he did all this. It can be like, okay, well, you know, he ain't this type of rap, so I ain't finna listen to that. Right. You know, I, uh, I, I always want to try and make my project like it reflects the type of music that either I listen to right now or the music that I grew up on. So yeah. 
<laughs> I guess I, I I just now thought of this. The kind of music I would technically qualify would be conscious trap. Mm, I was bro, I like what's that. so crazy? I was going to introduce you as that because that's exactly how what I hear. Like conscious rap. Yeah. I couldn't really put you in a box, brother. I had to create one. Which, which is, is it's like which is great. Which is great too. Exactly. And that's and that's the point too, because I really don't want to be in that box where you know it's like, okay, you're gonna hear King Kong and property and think I'm mm-hmm. this. But mm-hmm. then go later in the album and you'll hear imagination and you know sail away and stuff like that and yeah. be like, oh, that's mm-hmm. completely different. That's really so you know, yeah. it's just really a, a point where you know I wanted to just I wanted to be a little diverse with it so that my degree doesn't really hinder me or anything. You know, I just always tried to make a music that where like I, you can't really box me into the point where if you hear two different songs on my album, you won't put me in that realm. But you can hear another two songs and I'll be some completely different. So you get everything yeah. you need in like mm-hmm. one one project. I feel that pivotal, and you know, pivotal, on that same note, because like I said, there's so many different lyrics popped out to me, and so, some of them ain't even just bars. Sometimes it's just the reference. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like one of the lyrics that I like that stood out to me, and you said, "Uh, master of all my fates, conqueror of my fears." Man, that gives me big Invictus vibes. You know what I'm saying? I I fuck exactly. with Invictus, obviously. You know, so it just makes me ask like questions, like how is college like? You know what I'm saying? Like. Just yeah, man. Kyle's last year, man. You know, just trying to stay strong. Oh, not. Bro, why are all gang members, bro? Why are we gang members? All gang members, bro. Like we're not gang members, bro. No, it's like everybody we interview is an alpha, dog. Everybody, bro. Greatness is attracting the world. Exactly. Alpha oh run the world, bro. God. You know what's funny? I Man. didn't even notice bro, that. Your vice president is an AKA. Your vice president is in a game. <laughs> yeah, she she really I mean, repping that shit, bro. If she bro. if she a Democrat or Republican, yeah, Democrats are her blood against uh facts. So she was already gang gang, you saying? I've never already heard gang that gang. before. Yeah, we that actually did an dope. episode on that when we, but right before the election, we really broke the shit down party by party, man. And I don't want to take credit for that. Kendrick Lamar said that uh, ain't okay. nothing new, but a couple Democrats are in blood against Republican. Yeah, it was real yeah, hard yeah. on um, on his 2015 album. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spirit Butterflies. Yeah, I don't want to take credit for that, but yeah. Now, oh, okay. Uh, you mentioned several times, so several times in the album, I know it was like one of the first. Not it wasn't the first part, but. It was one of the first bars you you talked about, you know, the absence of a father. I know uh, your father was what I assume was the last voice we heard on your album. You kind of you kind of pretty much discuss how like maybe your father didn't play uh, a pivotal role, or maybe you weren't in like a nuclear home and things like that. How has that affected you being now a father? Uh, what what's that journey been like? I mean, pretty much just like the like I said on the song, uh, I'm trying to be a, a better father than my father was. And I don't say that like to be like a dig or anything, because I've come to terms with a lot of the stuff that, you know, me and my dad have had issues with. Um, but yeah, I think that should just be the goal with any person trying to be a parent. Like you should want to be right, a better parent right. than your parent was because you got to make your kid. You want to make your kid better than you or just as good as you. So, right. you know, you got to work right. overtime. Mm-hmm. You got to do this. You got to do that. You, you got you to gotta put that grind in. And mm-hmm. I feel like my my relationship with my dad doesn't really, I feel like I dramatized it because I was there. So, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's probably just, just, it's just as common as a lot of people's relationship with their dad. Like I was, my dad was with me in my home till about 15 and then my parents got divorced. 
And mm-hmm. at right. that point, when my dad, when I wasn't in the home with my dad the whole time, I started to see the different side of my dad. I'm like, okay, you only see him during this mm-hmm. hour, this hour, and this hour. This is what he's like during yeah. those other hours where you don't see him. I'm like, okay, well, you know, that starts to make a little bit more sense. And that kind of yeah. developed into a bit of a, uh, a rocky relationship. Nothing to the point where, you know, me and my dad don't fight. I just be the type of person to be like, yeah, I just don't talk to my dad. Be like, oh, is like, <laughs> is he sick or something like that? Like, nah, he fine. I just don't, I don't talk to that nigga. Right. <laughs> because I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring that drama. <laughs> I don't want to bring that drama and just that right. bad mindset and that those bad vibes onto me. So if I can eliminate, just keep that away from me. All right, keep it away. But I'm at a point now where me and my yeah. dad are like, we're cordial. You know, we, we speak and we we have a better relationship than we definitely did because I think it's probably because I have kids now and I have to, to think about, mm-hmm. you know, I want my kids to actually know their granddad, even if they only know a portion of them. Just to know yeah. their granddad, mm-hmm. you know. That's real. So it's not it's not as drastic as like, you know, Lil Wayne who said like, my father's dead. And uh, oh, what song was that? Uh <laughs> Look at me now. He he said at the end, yeah. he's like, my father's dead. It was one of the lines. But his father's not. Like <laughs> your dad's not dead to you. You know, he's no, no, he's no, my dad's not. No, it's just alive <laughs> in your life. He he's he's alive, yeah. We just have uh we have different yeah. thoughts about how family should operate. Mm-hmm. And you know, at some point that butts heads. So I'm like, okay, you know, we just button heads. I'll I'll walk away. I don't I don't like to be the confrontational person. Uh, especially mm-hmm. with my family. So yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I'll just walk away, yeah. let you feel how you want to feel right now, and then we'll come back and hopefully we'll be on a, on a level playing field. People probably just forgot about me. Thought that I was just a fake till I descended down from the heavens. Man, myth, and the legend. Big trouble down in Little China. You should know better than to threaten me. My buzz light is ahead of you. Put some respect on my legacy. Grab my city to the death of me. Crown King as a youngin'. question I asked because especially I really wish I could ask this to a lot of people in the industry honestly um you know because 2020 2020 it was obviously global fucking pandemic like that was the main what? thing that happened you know so I wasn't sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that mean that meant we would get more or less music better quality music or worse quality music so I'm curious for you what was it like writing recording and releasing music during the pandemic I mean, first few months, you know, you kind of like, all right, we got to take this seriously. Like government's on lockdown. Everything's on lockdown. So, you know, we're just going to sit here and kind of do what we do for a while. Then you kind of <laughs> understand what you can. I mean, you, you kind of. You understand that your recording schedule, for the most part, isn't going to be the same as you're used to. Yeah. Uh, my my recording schedule, I can definitely tell you, is not the the healthiest just because mm-hmm. of the hours of how late they are and how many hours I put in. Plus I have to travel and do all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. that had to change. But in terms of like the level of music and like the quality of music that had to stay consistent just because, I mean, the only other thing that was changing from that point is that 
we weren't able to be in the same room with each other. And for for Docs, that's a really big a really big uh, point with him. He's like, man, I want the energy to be in here. I need to feel the energy. And then that's what gets you know the production quality, the lid. Like I do better, you do better. We keep pushing each other. Yeah. And so yeah, that that was a bit of a change up at first, but at the same time, for me, I'm always like Docs. I'm like you know thirty minutes away. You got to send me something before I can actually just mm-hmm. you know come there and sit down and just waste thirty minutes trying to write something, <laughs> spend yeah. five minutes recording something, and then mm-hmm. you know we we burn through forty five minutes for one right. song. So I mean, other than that, it just kind of, you know, it changed it up where, you know, we, we got a little bit of a, a tempo now where we got some stuff that we want to send ahead of time. Be like, yeah, if you can write something to that, write something to that, you know, whatever happens. But then mm-hmm. when you get to the studio, there's certain stuff he just holds on the back burner. He's like, all right, I've been waiting for you to get here. Man, keep it hitting. It's not fun to work with, for real, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's nice. Back, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's real dope. You um, so we we spoke on the pandemic, but there was there was a very another very instrumental moment. I know for us, um, in twenty twenty was you know the race riots, you know um the the George Floyd uh, protests and on property. You rap, they're like damn cute. When you gonna quit with the night jokes? I tell them the same time the post post start cutting the white folks, which a bar a bar if I must say so myself. Um, I'm I'm very curious of what what was your perception of you know, what was going on around that time? How did that impact you, you know? How did it impact the music, especially? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was crazy because I, I do all my recording in Little Rock. So, like, on certain nights, I got, you know, them telling me, hey, you know, you might not want to come out tonight just because, you know, it wasn't anything about being scared or anything, just because, you know, thankfully, they, my my group mates think about me and they're like, yo, you got a family, you know, mm-hmm. stay where you at tonight because it's a little bit live. Yeah. But it was just kind of crazy because I would sometimes have to ride by the Capitol and then I would just see all these people just over by the Capitol and know that I'm heading you know, right over to the studio, not too far from them. Mm-hmm. And then after like, there's been times where we would be recording in the studio and then two of my group mates would be like, all right, bro, we finna head to the Capitol. Yeah. And like they would leave the studio and go straight to the actual protest. Wow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was just kind of crazy. Cause I'm like, bro, you know what? We're, I wouldn't say we were taking our lives for granted, but it was just so crazy to think that if at any point something happened, like we could be down one less group member for, you know, a while, like or a good while. So, but it's just, you know, one of those things that we had to do. And I think we all had a conversation about it that, you know, everyone has their own way to protest and do things. And like, while I couldn't necessarily give, my time, I went ahead and, you know, had to, I went ahead and took my clothing brand and made a specific shirt for that. And then took all the money and donated the proceeds to, to one of the charities to help in that regard. So oh, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a different way. It's a different way of protesting because, you know, we always been taught you want to be on the front lines. You want to be that person with the fist in the air <laughs> camera. On, and the like, you know, yeah. The photo ops. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 like, bro, there, and there were so many right. great ones and there were so many great ones, but at the same time, you have to realize that a lot of these people, they're people that, you know, they're young people and they think that, you know, okay, I don't have, too many people to worry about I me. Mean, I don't have like a husband. I just got you know some parents, maybe yeah. a cousin. When you got a kid and a wife, it's a little bit different. So, right. yeah, yeah. Very and, valid, that, and that's crazy, man. Because the one day that I did protest, I, I protested one day because um, I was just like, 
I, I don't know. I, I kind of get a little leery about the protesting because of basically what you were just saying. Uh, I'm married and I don't like to do that. One day I was protesting. I went out. I was just convinced. I was like, nah, I, I got to do it. I got to do something this time. Uh, I came back and I found out my, my wife was pregnant. <laughs> and that was the last day I protested. <laughs> That's crazy. There you go. That was there the last day go. I protested. So, uh, <laughs> the first and last. The first and last. Uh, so yeah. I definitely feel that sentiment, man. But yeah, protest in any way that you can, considering the fact that, you know, the best way to hurt these white folks' pockets, you know what I'm saying? I hurt these white folks, is hurt their pockets. So. Yeah, because I mean, and I'm all for the idea of protesting. By, by no means am I anti protesting. Uh, but I think. We also have to be realistic. Our people have been protesting since we've been here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, protesting ain't ain't all like it's going to take. We've done 27 different types of protests. Yeah, but, but like ain't shit, nothing we so. haven't done, bro. They're going to they gonna find a way to criticize whatever form of protesting we take. Yeah. But uh, I like what you did because we have to be creative. We got to right. come with other ways. You can do that protesting too. But outside of the protesting, you gotta you gotta do other forms of protesting, not yeah. buying certain brands that don't support you. You know, like you mm-hmm. you have to really be layered with how you protest. Um, educate yourself, educate exactly. the people around you, so that everybody can be aware. You know, go out and vote. You know, so that can yeah. probably you know be pivotal and and what's what's because changing the government is ultimately what's gonna change what the fuck yeah. is happening because they're the one deciding our fates. You know. So there's exactly. multiple ways to to be a part of it, or you know, actually run for office. You know, TZ, I can see yeah. you running for office. You know, what I'm saying you yeah, and your gang you know members. What I'm that's, that. You know, that's so been that's, a, be. that's been my uh, my long term plan. You know, what I'm saying. Yeah, I think you so. Know, I think uh, so. Probably got to cut the dreads. Probably got to cut the dreads. No, nah, no, bro, that's that's. Oh wow, no. That's oh, that's why no, I'm next level. It's because I got I got level. I figure out how I'm gonna keep right, it. I'm not trying right. to be Obama. You know, I'm trying to be yeah. But that's really? the only way they're gonna let Crazy. you in. So probably need to bleach your skin a little bit too. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. Hey, I'm good. Hey, trying to get accepted real. in corporate America, man. Believe me, I already know, man. Yeah. I already yeah. know. Yeah, I, like, uh, I know I'm not made for corporate America. I tell I tell my managers. So I tell them that specific phrase. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know I'm not made for corporate America. <laughs> and it's just because I'm too honest with you. Hey. You know, it's not because of my like my work performance or anything like that. It's literally just because like I do a bang up job, but then I'll tell you if you fucking up for real. Like, <laughs> sir, you're the you're the you're like you're the, the, the person down at the bottom. I'm like, yeah, but I know you can hear me up there. So what's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's real, bro. I'm I'm learning that. You know, you said something in one of your lyrics that really stuck out to me on that level. Uh, and I was I was wanting clarity on it because I fucked with the line so much. You said was a working class American by 24. I now work the system just so I can get plenty more. I, I thought that was really dope. What did you mean by I work the system just so I can get plenty more? I mean, there's so many ways that like you, you think that you think that you have to have the quote unquote American dream where you got to have the white picket fence, the nine to five job. Mm-hmm. You got to go in, clock in and through hard work and dedication and loyalty and stuff like that. You'll actually make it up to, you know, CEO level and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no, what happens? What happens? You get your degree. And this is from personal experience. Mm-hmm. You get your degree. You move to a different town to go ahead and get a job where you think you can like make it in a Fortune 500 company in advance and advance and advance. And then the day of Founders Day, you get laid off when mm. your wife is five months pregnant. Mm. That's what happens. That's the reality of it. That's wild. And, That's crazy. And the, the crazy shit about it is that you you have to realize that, you know, 
America's not going to sit here and hold your hand and walk you up to another job and say, it's okay. You'll be all right. You'll get back on your feet. Right. No, you have to realize that like, okay, if I'm going to get this unemployment, I'm going to make this unemployment work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do the, if I'm going to get this unemployment, I'm investing in an LLC, which is what I did. I invested in an LLC. I started my t-shirt business that I always wanted to do back in college because I had the time to do it now. And I was like, you know what? If y'all finna be like that, then guess what? I'm finna use this same money y'all gave me. I'm finna fuck y'all up. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked with it, man. I love that, that story, dope. bro. That was That's that dope. was very inspirational, man. Cause this, I'm in corporate America, man, and I I be trying to do the dang thing, man. I'm not. I really try, bro. But it's super draining when you feel yes, like you have to yes. compartmentalize yourself to exist in a space for so long because in order to really move up you have to sacrifice pieces of yourself if you're not oh, really bad mm-hmm. people aren't the people who mugging up to the top they're not Ooh. most of the time they're not good people they either know somebody or they they kiss i don't ask to get there i mean period. i don't want to use the phrase uncle tom or uncle ruckus or anything mm-hmm. like that or whatever but it's like yeah you have to that's one of the things i never really so want to compromise i never really want to compromise the fact that i'm black i want that to be immediately clear if it's not already from the color of my skin to the length of my hair to the curliness and the nappiness of my beard and everything like that and i want that to be a part of it like when you get me you get that you you can't be like well we want you know the college educated individual that talks a little bit more prolific and clearer than most and has a little bit of a list but still can you know educate others with the way that he talks and things like that but if you're going to get that, you still going to hear me talk about like, hey, bro, the way my family is, it's crazy. We do this and we do that. And we do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, real, yeah. man. That's, that's, that's At the end of the day, I'm still a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's real. That's real. You, you mentioned something about like how, you know, how you have to kind of talk to basically be presentable as a as a uh, black person in society, especially in corporate America, man, you said something that was a double entendre that for me, let me know that you, you was a, you was a lyricist. Like I, I gotta say it. Let me, let me do my best QG rendition, man. Like, right, I don't, go, I don't got go. the glasses. Here we go. <laughs> you, <Drum> said, <laughs> you said, hold on. Let me backtrack to anybody here. who want to act black to anybody who want to walk right. Teacher thought I sold crack. Cause I talk white. that, that was the, that's the type of bars we talking about, man. That's how we come in that behind the muse, man. Bars, bars, bars. the double entendre, man. Bars. I just wanted to brag on the homie, man. So we do this with every segment. I just talk about the things that why we interviewing this artist yeah. and why why y'all should check out their music, man. Yeah, so one hundred percent. Like I done said multiple times throughout the episode, he got bars. the bars. He got <laughs> bars. the bars. But he's also unique. I, I really appreciate his his chorus and his hook game, his beat selection. We've shouted out the producers throughout the episode. Stupid. That was one of the first things that really captured me, really listening to you, even back as far as three-piece, like the vibes you give. Mm-hmm. It's not the lyrics, it's the beats, it's the hooks, man. And the bar, that's, as a hip-hop head, that's all it takes for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it yeah. takes for me. So if you guys have not listened to any of his projects, any of his music, you missing out for real. The content is there, man. Just like TZ was saying, bro, the bars are there. The production is insane. I feel like, uh, you know, we we cover Little Rock uh, artists and we, we've covered a decent amount. Uh, and it's just that it amazes me how much talent is here in Arkansas, bro. Like, definitely, it's definitely. insane. 
And you are no exception, bro. You are definitely the rule of we got talent, bro. We got talent here in the art. You dig what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to the art, bro. Um, so we did want to ask you one of our final questions uh, before we end this this interview. Where do you see yourself? You know, you know, in the end of like you know high school, they'd be like, "Where do you see yourself in ten years? Where do you <laughs> see yourself uh, in a couple years? That being two or five um, in your music journey. Where, where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be? Two year plan. Uh, next two years, definitely gonna have at least two or three more albums out. Mm-hmm. Like we already got some stuff in the in the vault right now that's gonna be ready to come out okay. here soon. Um. Five-year plan, at that point, I feel like I'll probably start making beats, mm, become yeah. one of the best producers in the game. Ten-year plan, I'll end up being like in a rock band. Wow. Uh, just, you know. Okay. Just like, and, I, and like, and I'm not even, jo- I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Like, <laughs> so, because I play drums, so like, it, it's, I really just want to do so much with music to the point yeah. where I've, I've even told a lot of my friends and stuff, I'm like, bro, in about like, Seven years here when I'm 40, I might make a pop album. What's up? Let's go. Hey, dude, I, I like that, man. There's people I realize there's no rules to this stuff, man. Nah, we only is older, literally do what the hell you want to do. Like, literally, like, I like, admire bro, that, I could, so. like, I really, I really couldn't tell you back in 2014 when I was 25 years old that I'd probably have an album out that I'd be doing all this other stuff or whatever because I, I really wouldn't have believed it at all just because. Things are different from where right. they were back then. Like I'm from the era of hip hop, like when I started when I was a kid, where you literally had to like shove niggas your tape and like make them actually physically listen to it. And yeah. even if you gave it to them, you don't know if they listen to it. Right. And right. now I live and now I live in an era of hip hop where I can make a song tomorrow, get like the clearing, mixing, mastering, have it out by two or three days later and have mm-hmm. like potentially millions of people listen to it. Yeah. And the game is so much different now. So yeah. for me to even, for me to even say this is where I want to be musically in two years would be completely different because the game will probably be even more different by that point. Like you right. want to hear more in your music and you want to hear all this other stuff. So you're not really, now where we only got two verses, you know? <laughs> so I feel like you're not really I, I feel like you're not aspiring to be necessarily famous, but you're just aspiring to to better the craft and continue the craft. Am I getting that from you? What I tell people is I'm not trying to be the biggest cat in the room. I'm just trying to be one of the most well-known. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. I like That's that. That's a sound bite, bro. The, oh. Another <laughs> bar. Bar. <laughs> this man say he, he trying to be Garfield, dog. Like, just the most well-known cat. You feel me? That's it. That's it. You know, That's well-known. See, you come with the you know, I got bars, too. You know, I used to rap. ain't got to be young Simba. I can be young Garfield. There you we go. You feel me? You boom. <laughs> ain't got to like, be the Lion King. I feel like Simba is definitely more known than Garfield. I see you, you poke <laughs> but, that, but that, he like bar. famous though. But that, you know that's what I'm saying. saying. He's he's not, not, he's I ain't bars. gotta be Simba. I'm just trying to be young Garfield. Yeah, you, you, know? you poke holes be... in my in my bar though. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bro, QG yeah. the Black Knight, bro. One of the coldest, prolific artists out of Arkansas, bro. Please check out his music. Please follow him on Instagram, Twitter. Please drop your handle, dog. Go ahead, and drop them. Yeah, man, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at QG the Black Knight. That's Q G T H E B L A C K N I G H D. There's only one K in there. Don't ask me why. I'll probably tell you later. 
<laughs> he won't tell you later. He won't also, tell you later. Um, promote your uh, your clothing <laughs> brand too, man. Let them know how to oh, yeah, find your, uh, your clothes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Right now we're in a little bit of a rebuilding phase, but we still got our site up. You can go and find us at Lost mm-hmm. Black Colony. So uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook at Lost, L-O-S-T, Black Colony. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up in the works soon. So Yeah, I'm about to get some apparel myself, man, because it's, yeah. it's looking dope. So, for sure. Support Black Appreciate business, man. Appreciate you coming Support by, man. Business. Appreciate oh, you, yeah. man. That's yeah. all we do, bro. <laughs> Appreciate you Yeah, bro. For sure. All right, man, this has been another episode of Behind the Muse, man. As always, we appreciate you guys' love, support. Got Migos in the back doing ad-libs. You know how we dig it. (laughs) Also, what you guys say, bro? Yeah, man, appreciate y'all showing your support. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter. You know what the handle is by now, man. See y'all again next time. Let's show. Catch it.